What's going on, guys? It's Mike Glassbee again. Another episode of Military Cashflow. All right, so today you see the setup is different, and the reason is because our guest is actually here in person. So it's going to be a new kind of feel. I kind of like the setup. Let me know what y'all think. I mean, I'll drop it in the comments, man. It was his idea, to be quite honest. But uh, today's guest, guys, his name is Daniel Doty. We call him Big Dan the Man, uh, Doty McDoty. No, we don't call him that. But nonetheless, man, this, this is a young guy. He's about 25 years old. He was 11 Charlie, which is a mortarman in the are in the army, right? So, so what does that mean? He's carrying big heavy equipment on his back, he's shooting big ass guns, and he decided to transition out to focus on real estate sales and grow his business. Now, how does a young man come across that mindset, right? He's going to talk about a lot of different things. He's going to talk about the things in high school that actually impacted his decisions on finances, right? He's going to talk about has, how his way to follow a financial guru, <coughs> Dave Ramsey, actually it helped, but it also hurt him in certain ways. And he's going to express that. And then he's going to talk about some of the things that he pursued in the military that truly facilitated that transition to where he didn't, he never second guessed leaving the military. Now that's big because all of us second guess leaving the military. All right. So obviously he has the value to provide. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. So what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode. And this one is super special because we actually have in person our guest, Mr. Dan Doty himself. How you doing, man? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me today. Super happy to be here. Absolutely, man. We're, we're happy to have you. Um, so for the audience first, obviously, we got to introduce you. Go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background. All right. Yeah, my name is Daniel Doty. I'm 25 years old. I just transitioned out of the Army. I did a little over five years. Um, I was an 11 Charlie. That's an infantry mortarman in the Army. Um, I was in the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, I deployed once to Afghanistan. Um, came back around this time last year, right before COVID hit. Um, and then I just transitioned out of the Army. And that's it. And, and so what, you know, 25, you're young. How many years did you spend in the military? A little over five, almost like five and a half. All right. And so a lot of times at that five-year mark, uh, people are thinking, I should get out. I should definitely stay mm -hmm. in. You know, it's only five. Maybe I go to 10. What was your ultimate deciding factor to say, you know what, hey, I'm done. I'm ready to move on. Mm, I think for me, I mean, money was definitely a factor in it. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I think the most of like, Kind of the leadership that I had mm -hmm. um, kind of lacked it. I would always see a better system that could make the system better, more efficient. And I hated we did things inefficiently. Mm -hmm. And it would just really irk me. We'd stay at work late. We'd come in early. We'd just sit around and do nothing until it's, you know, 1700 and it's time to go home. Like, oh, now here's this task that comes out. Mm -hmm. And so that really bothered me. Um, I did everything I wanted to do in the Army. I got to deploy. Had a good time over there. But garrison life just wasn't for me. Yeah. So that actually brings up a really good point. You said you got to do everything that you wanted to do in the army. What, what caused you to join the army in the first place? Uh, I think growing up um, as a guy, just a lot of kids, they look at the army and they watch these movies and like, yeah. Oh, they're essentially superheroes. And yeah. like, I just always wanted to grow up be like that. Uh, my dad was in the army as well. So okay. I, I kind of like grew up playing army men and like, mm -hmm. had toy guns and I was like, Oh, that's super cool. 
Um, so I actually went to college for one year. Uh, my whole life, I wanted to join the Army, like straight out of high school. My mom was like, you should really go to college. Give it a try. And yeah. I was like, all right, mom, I will give it a try. And so I went to college for one year. Um, I was studying business. My first year, I only took business classes, accounting, economics classes. I didn't do any electives. Mm -hmm. So in the second year, it turns out you actually have to do electives to get your associate's degree. And so I was then going to pay for like a volleyball class, an mm -hmm. art class, an elementary history class. And I was like, I'm not going to pay for this. I'm going to follow my dreams now and join the Army. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rare that many people say, I always knew I wanted to be in the Army. That's rare, right? Because uh, even as a kid, uh, most of the time, it's, it's a weird circumstance in life. It's like, yeah, right, I'll join the Army. Uh, but I want to highlight that about school because college is one of those things where everybody thinks you need to get a degree to be successful. Oh, you got to go to college just to get a job. And college is one of those, I, I'm not going to call it a scam by any means, but yeah, they're going to also say, well, you need to be well-rounded. So you need to pay $5,000 for a volleyball class yeah. or whatever, or whatever the price is. Right. But uh, so, so that's an interesting point. And you attempted to do that for your mom. You figured out that that wasn't it for you. You came and joined the military, and now at this point in time, you're fresh. You're just now getting started. It obviously didn't pan out the way you wanted it to, but what was your expectation going in? What did you think the military was going to be? Yeah, expectations coming in. You always you see the movies. You see all this really cool stuff going mm -hmm. on, and reality sets in. It's not really a war going on. Nobody's really doing that super cool guy stuff that you yeah. see in movies. Like Stuff happens, but it's very minimal. Mm -hmm. um, so... Peacetime is just not very fun in garrison. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much all it is now. We're pulling troops out and decided to get out. It just yeah. it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't there. And I mean, it happens that way. I mean, a lot of times because uh, I, I I resonate with you on that. When I originally joined, it was uh, well, I originally joined for school for for college, but then when I got in fully invested in it, it was because I was ready to be in the action, right? And um, what what uh, the I guess. Hollywood does is they have a great way of glamorizing mm -hmm. everything and the military isn't always what you see in the movies right there's a lot of back-end mm -hmm. stuff um, that plays out okay so so you did your five years now now at five year mark it's so early in your military career you haven't really got to see what the military can provide you haven't really got to see some of the financial gain what was your mindset on that transition out were you for example, many people are scared to say, hey, let's get out because only at five years in, I, I love this paycheck that I'm getting, right? I love the, the freedom of health care and things like that. But for you, you were just like, I'm not happy. Yeah. So what was that mindset during that transition? I think for me, it was, it was the lack of people taking care of others. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was very one track. People only look out for themselves. They're not trying to better you or help you or mm -hmm. do anything like that. And then financially, it's not a lot of money. It really isn't. Like people are like, oh, but 20 years you can retire. But you look at that retirement check, it's, it's not that big. Yeah. Um, and I was like, there's no way I, I can get out of the army today and not make that money this year, right. if not double, triple it. Um, and I've always been very money oriented. So while I was in the army, I would capitalize on everything that I had. So I did live in the barracks. I stayed in the barracks as long as possible. I would eat at the defect for every meal. I would save all the money I could. And I would start investing it into stocks. Mm -hmm. um, I started that at a younger age just because if I could pull 1% on the stock market, that's astronomically more than what's in my savings account. Um, so I did do that private move where I went out and bought a brand new Mustang um, when I first showed up my unit, yeah. but I, I bought it in cash. So I, I came in the army with money. I had basic training money saved up. I had sold my car prior. So I just worked from a young age and always had that money. Um, so I did buy a car, which I still drive today. I have no nice. payments on it, you know, nice. it yeah. in cash, like $30 a month for insurance. Nice. Um, and other than that, there was no expenses. 
So I just saved it. Took it little by little, man. And and that's a beautiful thing that uh, everybody has that private moment, right? Because you you mentioned it's not a lot of money. And let's be honest, guys, it's not a lot of money. In the military, it's not that much. But military has a lot of benefits, so it can be perceived Mm -hmm. as a lot, right? It comes in twice a month, guaranteed, first and the 15th. You have your health care paid for, which is an expense that we don't experience. Um, You got your housing allowance if you're at E6 or you're married or whatever. You have your substance allowance, your $300 for groceries. You know, all these different things where you're like, oh, this is comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But you being financially driven and motivated, you understood that it's actually capping your, you can make a lot more. And so that's, that's, I think, a different mindset. Some people feel like it's, it's adequate and other people feel Mm -hmm. like it's not enough. What, what is your, what's your kind of your story, your background on your mindset of money? Like you mentioned that, yeah, you went out and bought it, but you still bought it cash, which is still a financially savvy move, right? right. You invested in the stocks because you knew the 1% growth would be substantially more than the bank account. What in your life kind of created that mindset around finances? Um, I think growing up, my parents were very um, blue collar workers. They mm-hmm. didn't go to college either, but they worked super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they came from really low income. And they were like, we want to have our kids have a better life, but they taught me the value of the dollar. So there was no handouts or anything like, hey, go get a job. Right, right. Like, you, you know, buy your car. You got a car, awesome. We're not going to give you gas, but you go get gas money. Start working. So I was now finding myself that I got a car. I actually bought a Mustang then too. Nice. And I thought it was super <laughs> cool. But I was like, well, now I have no money and I can't afford to drive it. Yep. So I started to work a lot and work a lot. Um, and it's just from a young age, I had to make money to do what I wanted to do. And so I just kept working. I love it. Hey, and so for y'all that don't know, I, I know I know Dan pretty well. And um, me and you share a lot of similarities, man, because I, I had the same thing where my parents forced me to, to work. My father said, if you want any, I was buying my own deodorant at like 14. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not a bad thing by any means, but what it did for, what it sounds like for both of us is that we learned to respect money. You know what I mean? We, we knew that it was fleeting. Like as quick as it comes in, it goes out just as fast, if not faster. And so you kind of respect money around that. So, so you start coming in, you're looking at the money and the finances and you're putting all these investments in place. What was your financial goal those first couple of years in the military? Did you have a financial goal that you were shooting for? Yeah, so something else to credit. I think in high school, one of my econ teachers, actually, mm-hmm. he made us take the Dave Ramsey program. Nice. Right? Nice. So, in high school. Damn. In high school. Yeah. And so we did that and it, it really sparked an interest in me. And that's when it really turned on like, Hey, finances and money are cool. I don't have to like mm-hmm. work super hard. And that mm-hmm. was when I first heard of the stock market. And back then, like I didn't know how to invest. I you'd have to have a broker, you'd have to give them money and pay them. There wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, free trading apps on the phone. Yeah. So it's just always in the back of my mind, like, okay, there. But I was like, I can live debt-free right now. Yeah. So I'm only gonna buy things with cash. You know, fast forward, I was stacking up this money in the army so that I could save up. And then Dave Ramsey, thought process, I get out, I buy a house with cash. Nice. And that that's my major expense in life. Whatever I do after that, it's easy because you don't have any expenses. Mm-hmm. Shot me in the foot. Didn't realize how beneficial credit was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is definitely a takeaway is you should still build credit and not completely get rid of it. Because you can still buy a house with cash for sure. You can buy everything with cash. Yeah. But you're not going to start creating assets or like leveraging your money and making more money that way. So, yeah. So we're going to we're going to touch on that for sure. And I, I do want to highlight the fact that you said in high school, you had that teacher that opened that. Same thing. And when I was in high school, uh, for those who don't know, I was a part of a, a business development program. It's called DECA, Distributive Education Clubs of America, or something like that. Mr. Senegal was my teacher, and he uh, helped me build, essentially, the assignment was build a business plan. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to go through everything, the financials, the marketing plan, everything. 
And when I did that, that was my first time like building something from scratch and seeing that it truly was possible because you know we had to do the research, we had to implement it, we had to pitch it. Um, and that's when my love for business really started because I was always like selling candies and mm -hmm. shit like that. But when I did it, like I was like, oh, and it's just it's so impactful when at the right time in your life, right? As a young man in high school, that that one individual had that much of an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And so understand the Dave Ramsey concept, we got it, no debt, blah, blah, blah. You said that, um, that it kind of hurt you a little bit because you didn't understand the power of credit. What did you learn about credit or leverage um, that you wish you would have known then? Yes. What do you know now that you wish you would have known then? So as tr transitioning out of the army, um, I wanted to get into real estate and I wanted to start buying investment properties. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm going to get my real estate license. So the army has a CFP program and it allows you to intern somewhere or learn a new skill. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of have a flyer. It's like, you can do an ENT course. You can learn this carpentry, auto body work. And I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I want to work at a real estate company. Yeah. Um, there was none on there. So I called the council. I was like, Hey, is there any like real estate team company? Like I can go intern with, I don't even know if this is possible. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Hey, um, I've heard this five pillars team may take interns. Here's their number, give them a call. Um, just so happens I found you guys and you guys actually are super investor oriented. And it started to open my mind of like, wow, real estate investing, there's a lot to it. You can use a little bit of money to no money down. You can leverage your money here and there and start owning properties that are cash flow. And so like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to spend all my money on one basket or all my eggs in one basket and buy one house. I could buy multiple. So I was like, this is, this is the route I'm taking. I've got a huge cash reserve. There's no way I can't get a loan. Mm -hmm. Boom, let's do this. I go to apply for a loan. You know, I have no debt. I have a large cash reserve. There's no way I'm not going to approve. I still have a job. And they're like, but did you give us the right information? I was like, yes, ma'am. What do you mean? She's like, there's no credit score. Yeah. Like nothing is populating. You sure you gave us the right stuff? I was like, well, yeah, I've, I've never had a loan yeah. like, you literally don't have a score whatsoever we cannot lend to you yes and i was like even if i give you a 90 percent down payment you won't give me money and it's like no yeah and I, that's why i realized like okay now i'm in trouble how am i going to use my money now to buy more properties and get loans you can't unless you do some creative financing yep that's exactly right you now you would essentially have to work to build up the cash amount to purchase mm -hmm. for every single property that you want to own and people don't understand uh, you know people a lot of people grow up are not understanding credit right and then that was the case with, with you um and, and people harp on their credit score over and over again just remember that your credit score determines your ability to borrow money that's it that's it so if you do take the dave ramsey approach you purchase everything in cash your credit score means nothing it really does not matter but when you do want to scale something, you do want to leverage and get other people's money to make money, that credit score is kind of important. Absolutely. Um, so if you don't mind sharing, what are some things? Because now, I, you know, it, late in the game or not, whatever, you are focused on building your credit now, correct? What are some action steps that you're taking to actually build your credit? Yeah, so I did some research into it. I talked to some people. Um, fun fact, you can be an authorized user on your parents' credit card their most seasoned card. Yep. So you can do that with your kids in the future. Yes. Like, as soon as they turn like 13 or something, you can put them on as an authorized user. They don't have to have a card. They don't have to ever spend mm -hmm. a dime, but that just builds their credit. So they have perfect credit when they turn 18. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That didn't happen for me. Um, I went and got a credit card with my bank. I went and opened up a second bank account at a different bank, got a secured credit card through them. Nice. So I'm really just working on both those cards right now. 
I'm just hoping that it, it pans out <laughs> in the future. <laughs> It'll definitely pan out, but that's exactly right. He dropped, he dropped a beautiful gym there, guys. When you start to understand money and credit to, to a higher level, the impact that you're going to have on your future generations is insane. Imagine you have a child, right? You're teaching them about money. You put them as an authorized user on your credit card. That doesn't mean that they can go out and swipe your shit, right? No, no, no. They don't get to touch your money. But because you're responsible with your money, their credit score is building. Now, when they're 16, 17, 18, 19, and they're looking to get a loan for a car or whatever, you can put the onus on them. This is, hey, you got to get enough credit. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a job. I've taught you right. I've raised you right. Go out there and get it instead of them having to build it from scratch like we, like yeah. we had to do, right? Um, but hey, it comes with learning. All right. So, so you got this. Uh, you're building your credit now. And let's talk about the transition. All right. So you're 11 Charlie. Mm -hmm. That's combat arms. That's fucking dropping mortars. Moved uh, ideally in real estate because you're looking at finances and you're now a licensed agent. Let's talk about that transition from 11 Charlie to real estate agent. What did that look like for you? That was a big transition. Yeah. It really was. Um, so transitioning out of the army, combat arms, it's really aggressive. You know, you cuss a lot. It's very alpha male, like dominant mm -hmm. um, to the civilian world where you have to be nice and you have to smile and presentable and like, Oh, how you doing? Pleasantries. It's like it's a big transition, mm -hmm. and it was uh, it's kind of a culture shock for me. Um, but doing the internship really helped, and like kind of surrounding yourself with almost like a a halfway house of like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally a halfway house for the military, oh, right. civilian world. But you have this awesome team that's pretty much all veterans, oh, yeah. so you yeah. still get that camaraderie and that ownership, and like oh, I don't have to cover my tattoos mm -hmm. or I can cuss in the office. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. But at the same time, you're slowly transitioning out of that mindset into like okay, now I can flip the switch from functional person mm -hmm. and like be presentable so i think that helped me a lot um now the skills i learned from the army like still being aggressive and taking action like, you know i'm not going to take shit from anybody mm -hmm. so if they if they try to big body me in like a transaction or like negotiation for like a client i'm going to stay on my ground i'm not going like, to crumble underneath under pressure or something um when i get bogged down with work and i'm like man this is a lot and it, it's stressful and i'm tired so i'm like at least I'm not out in the field. I'm not getting rained on. It's not cold. Yeah. I've got <laughs> food in my green, stomach. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, I like to take my experiences from the army and be like, okay, well, no matter what I'm doing right now, it's not near as bad as that. Like I'm not up for 72 hours. I'm not climbing a mountain with 100 pounds on my back. Like I have food. I'm sleeping at night. This is this is bad. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I love that. So I've never heard of it called a halfway house, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So if you guys are not familiar, we talk about it a lot on the channel, guys. Um, the CSP, which is Career Skills Program. Um, in the Marines, they call it the Skills Bridge Program. Every branch has their own um, model, but it's basically the internship program, right? And what, uh, what Dan was able to do was basically say, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to stop reporting to my units six months early. And during those six months of that transition, before I ETS, before I separate from the military, I am going to intern with a company that I want to learn from, mm -hmm. right? And so obviously we, we did it with uh, the Populous Realty Group. But guys, if you're interested in construction, EMT, firefighting, uh, technology, IT, whatever, they have programs or, or companies you can go work for. So it's something that really helped. And it sounds like that halfway house mentality, it gave him that uh, ability to kind of get comfortable before diving all in on the back end. All right, so now you were, you were sitting there transitioning, mentally getting prepared, learning the skill set. At any point in time, did you feel like I made the wrong decision? I should stay in the military. No. Really? Not at all. Okay. No, it, working with uh, the team, like it really solidified it. It was like, 
I'm surrounded by people that have a growth mindset. Like mm-hmm. they're always working, they're hustling there. You come into the office, you see somebody, they beat me to the office. They're, I'm leaving at the end of the day. They're still in there working mm-hmm. all day long with their headphones in. They're just working, grinding away, building the future. Mm-hmm. And you go back to the company, everyone's sitting in the locker room. They're sitting in their office. They're on a chair, you know, kicking back, relaxing. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody cares. Nobody's yeah. talking about money or growth or not even training the dudes, you know. There's yep. Nobody cares. They're just there for a paycheck and go home. Mm-hmm. And I saw this like different mentality. I was like, man, these are the people I want to be around. Mm-hmm. So my original plan, I was I was going to go to college when I got out of the army because I was going to get the age. Yeah. So I was going to pocket that extra money. I didn't really care about the degree, but I was going to do real estate on the side, pocket the age, already have my money, pay off my house. By the time at least I graduate college and then I can do whatever I want. Then I was like, I found this group of people with this mindset of what I want to become. I'm going to stay here and network. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the value there is so astronomical. You can't put a dollar amount on like the connections I've made and the people I've gotten to know. You just... You can't pay for it. That, I love can't. that, man. It's, it's the whole sum of five thing, right? You know, the five people that you most associate with uh, um, is determines who you will be. And uh, we were talking just the other night. Um, you know, I'm very, everything that I have in my life came from association with the, with the people, with the relationships, right? And uh, it was hard for me to value relationships in the past because many of them were sitting around playing Angry Birds, mm-hmm. uh, Call of Duty, and nothing wrong with you guys playing video games. I'm not saying that, but but there was no progress. There was right. no growth mindset, right? And so I didn't, and I was always asking myself why I don't value those relationships. It was hard for me to understand that. But like you said, once I found that tribe, that inner circle, oh, I, I'll, I'll bend over backwards. I'll kill it. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Not really. Let's say, yeah, I'm not killing nobody. But no, but seriously. Um, so so that, that, that um, it's refreshing to hear that you transition out and you had no second thoughts. That's uncommon. Many people leave the military and they have a whole bunch of second thoughts. All right, so now let's talk about expectation versus reality. So now you have this expectation of um, you got the right the group around you, your mindset set. You now leave the military. What is the reality of that transition? Is it everything that you actually thought it was going to be? Is it more no, difficult? Is it easier? It's hard. It is a hard transition because you kind of leave that brotherhood behind and you kind of like start your friends will, as long as you stay around base, you know, they'll still eventually ETS, PCS as well. Mm-hmm. Your friends sort of get smaller. You're on a different path. You got different work schedules now. So it's hard just kind of like losing that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, same time though, like I think a lot of people transition out of the army and they're like, oh, I just worked so hard the last six years. I'm going to take a vacation. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take a semester off before I go to school. I'm going to do this. And they spend all the money that they saved the last four or five, six years, mm-hmm. and then they're broke. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, this is my only source of income. Yeah, I want a vacation, but I need to hit the ground money. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, I'm going to run out of money. So I was like, as soon as I get out, I instantly, like, I got my license while I was interning to yep. be a realtor. Yep. So as soon as I stopped, I was instantly taking on leads, and I was working, I was calling people, I was showing houses. I, like, I got to make money. Mm-hmm. I got to make money. I'm going to die. And so it's like that survival mentality. Like I have to work hard, or I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, and that that's a lot of things that you said there just are so true that people don't really realize. Leaving the brotherhood behind is more difficult than you may think. But when you realize that you're on a different path and your work schedule is different, your mindset's different. Those individuals that you were close with, matter of fact, going back to the PCS. I mean, I've had some great friends in the military that I've only spent a year with because they moved, yeah. right? It's the military culture. Uh, but you'll notice that those those friendships and those circles will continue to get smaller and smaller and smaller. 
even more so when you're pursuing something entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. you know, on your own. And that is, that's, that's the honest truth of it. Um, but as you kind of progressed through that process and you're seeing your group get smaller and you're now focused on performing, 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 what do you do to kind of keep yourself motivated and driven through all of these, because it's stressful. It is stressful. And, there, and it's a lot of changes happening at the same time. So what are you doing to kind of stay motivated and driven through this, through this time of turmoil, if you will? Yeah, I think it helps surrounding yourself with like-minded people mm -hmm. and like somebody who is, you know, more successful than me. So like hanging out with you or hanging out with other people, it's like, well, they've been through, mm -hmm. you know, like I get down on myself. I'm like, man, I'm working hard. But then you go talk to one of your mentors and they're like, okay, well, yeah, it's hard. We've been through it. Mm -hmm. You're going to get through it. It's going to get better. So it's like having that reassurance of like, keep working harder. Mm -hmm. Where if you talk to other people, like some, maybe like your old friend circle, they're like, dude, it's the weekend. Why don't you just take it off and relax? Yeah. yeah. And then you got your new friend circle of like these entrepreneurs. It's like, no, that's actually time to hustle and mm -hmm. get out there and do it. It's worth it. I think that's, that's the difference for me. Like kind of rejuvenates me, like fires me up talking to other people that have done it and made it and like encourage me to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree hundred percent. You have to have some sort of weird internal driver. Like entrepreneurs got to, we got to screw loose. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like something is wrong. Think about it. The masses, everybody tells you go to college, get a job, work a nine to five on the nights and the weekends, you party this, you, mm -hmm. everybody prays for Friday. An entrepreneur, we're like, uh, uh, you know, every day's Monday. You know what I'm saying? There's a small screw loose. But when you're surrounding yourself with other individuals that kind of, uh, um, what do you call it? Stir up the fire, right? Kind of keep you going, keep you motivated. It does help move through there. Now, what we haven't touched on yet, right? We've been talking all the way up to this point about a guy who was 11, Charlie, didn't had a good grasp of finances, but didn't understand the full picture. Transitioned out from combat arms to sales. What has he done up to date? So how long have you been a licensed real estate agent? So I got licensed in, in late December and I started January 1st. I went home for Christmas. I was like, I'm not going to sell real estate until I come home for Christmas. January 1st, I'm going to hit the ground. January 1st of 2021. 2021. 2021. It's now from the time that we're recording, was it April? Yeah. Something? It's April something, right? Right. So four months. How many sales have you done? And what's your volume pending? Just give you a little pitch. Um, so I've closed seven homes and then I have five more pending right now mm -hmm. um the pending volume is 1.6 something million mm -hmm. um the sold already 1.3 so that's for anybody who doesn't know anything about real estate that's pretty good um for your first year a lot of agents would aspire to do that in a year or two yes um and i've done it in four months and that being said it's not me by any means it's the people i surround myself with and like that camaraderie of like like-minded people that push you to like really reach those goals and you set that goal and you achieve it, you keep, you keep striving for more. And, and that's that's why he's on the podcast, guys. This this young man was able to do in four months what an average real estate agent strives to do within their first year or two. And he's just getting started, right? But it's because of that mindset, that fire, that that ability to separate himself and isolate himself sometimes, right? To, to work towards something that he knows internally he needs to get. Now, everybody who's so scared about transitioning out, the little combat arms to sales, there are some correlation, but not much, yeah. right? So to do that, he had to learn a whole new skill set, soft skills, learn yeah. how to talk to, to civilians and all that other stuff, but he's showing that it is possible, right? And that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. So so speaking of those, those transitional skills, is there anything that you brought from the military besides the being aggressive and not taking shit? Is there anything else that the military kind of helped you 
uh, as far as any of this transition or what do you use daily that maybe you brought from the military? Um, I would say I still wake up early every morning. So that's kind of engraved in me. Yep, yep. Um, I wake up, I work out. And I think that plays a lot into how your day plays out. Yep. You wake up, you get your mind right. Uh, you wake up, you do BT. Yep. So now I wake up, I do like, I work out in the gym. I work out in my garage. Yep, yep. But it's still the same thing. I'm getting there. Um, I, I stay organized. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the leadership roles that I learned through the military and like having my own soldiers that now it's like, okay, I know what to do. I know I need to stay focused. If somebody needs help, I can kind of guide them, whether they're like directly working for me or just asking a question and kind of help all these other people. Mm -hmm. um, people take me more seriously because I can present myself. Like I'm used to talking to a higher enlisted, right. higher right. officer, whatever, and they're not intimidating. So like I can talk to a normal person and they're like, okay, this guy's like, he really knows what he's talking about. Whether it's real or not, like you go to the NCO board, you may not know the answer that, you know, your first sergeant's asking you, but I'm going to tell you the answer as confident as possible. Yep. And it can be completely wrong. Yep. And I think that that grows people's trust and ability to like follow you and like listen to you whenever you suggest something during a transaction. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely right. The, uh, the military does a great job. As long as you take the opportunities within the military, go into the NCO boards and things like that, they do a great job of at least building um, your individual presence, mm -hmm. right? The way that you carry yourself, right? Typically you'll see a military man, he's got his shoulders back, chest mm -hmm. up. He's talking very directly, very assertively. And or woman, right? I'm not. I'm not discriminating by any means. But that that ability to stand strong and deliver a message, mm -hmm. a lot of times displays confidence in that other individual, like you're talking about, which may be all you need to get that foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, but speaking of opportunities within the military, you said the military board and all these other things. Were you actively pursuing leadership roles, advancement opportunities, and all that stuff while you were in the military? Oh yeah. I even <laughs> as a private, like I was that guy that came in and like would look at my NCO and be like, I'm going to take the job. Mm. and they hated that and i would get smoked there and then, yep. next thing you know like i was i got promoted to corporal and then yep. i was a corporal and i among my peers and then i got e5 and i was holding e6 positions mm -hmm. and i was just constantly growing um and just striving for better because i knew i could do more i knew i could mm -hmm. outperform the next guy and it was mm -hmm. super easy because there's there's a hierarchy mm -hmm. so you can be like i can do the job but i can do it better yep. and so for me it was like an internal like, competition so either you got the rank or not like I've got the respect because I'm out there doing the work and I know how to do it better than you. Yeah. That's super smart, man. Cause I, every, I love the fact that you said it's almost like an internal competition. I'm sure you didn't voice it to everybody. Like I'm coming, I'm running and gunning, but yeah. inside, like you were, he was fighting for it. And uh, the one thing I'd want to highlight from that story is literally you have constantly pushed yourself to progress mm -hmm. no matter what stage he was in constantly pushing yourself to progress. And I think that you can't, you can't teach that. You know, there's so many people that say, Hey, I want to get, I want to get into real estate investing. There's many people in the audience, maybe yourself. You say, I don't want to get, I want to get a start in real estate. I want to have this. I want to do that. I want to do that. But you have this analysis paralysis or you have this, this stigma or whatever that, Oh, it's too difficult that I can't do it. The individuals who always say, I'm going to take another step forward are the ones that become successful. Mm -hmm. And that just showed, I mean, even in your military time, you did it and it proved true to be uh, there and it is here too. Um, so I, I really uh, applaud that as well. Um, okay, so now we're talking about real estate. What are your overall goals in real estate? Now that you're coming out, you're killing the sales. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in two, three, four years? Yeah, so it turns out I actually really like real estate and I'm pretty good at it. Yep. So I'm gonna continue selling real estate I'm going to start adding homes to my portfolio as well, but I want to branch out and start my own company, my own mm -hmm. team now. Um, and I want to explore different options, like business approach avenues, 
other ways to make more money. Mm -hmm. um, definitely attributing everything to the team that I work for. Like they've grown and helped me and everything. And now they're going to push me off to be another entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really my, my thought right now is I just want to grow and create my own businesses. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. And uh, it's always looking about what's, what's next, what's moving forward. The one thing you said was that uh, you actually like real estate and you're good at it. You know, what's funny is most of the time we find things that we dive into that we're good at. Mm -hmm. And we like them because we're good at them, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody does something over and over again that they're bad at, and they usually don't like it because they're bad at it, right? Mm -hmm. So just go out and exploring and finding what it is that you're good at is, is also very instrumental. And now you're ready to go off and scale, and you can already envision mm -hmm. kind of what the future looks like as far as, as growth and everything like that. Um, and, and obviously, when he goes off, we, we give him full support, right? Because it's, it's about the relationships that you build and understanding that, once he goes out and he's a, a deca-millionaire, I'm going to go to him for a loan. So <laughs> it's going to happen, right? But that's awesome, man. Okay, so we covered a lot of stuff, man. Um, but if you had one piece of advice to give somebody, and let's say that they're, let's say that's the young individual, maybe just about to start their journey into adulthood, right? Let's talk 17, 18, 19, whatever. They're maybe going to college, going to the military, just getting their job. If you had one piece of advice, what would that be? I'd probably have to do two. Okay. I would definitely start your credit. Yeah. I wouldn't go mass amounts in debt, mm -hmm. but even just starting a credit card that you put your gas on because my whole life I had a debit card yep. and I swiped it for everything. It was the exact same thing, but I wasn't building my credit. Mm -hmm. So there was no change in that and networking. That is, I think the most valuable thing in life as meeting new people, taking the opportunities to go to meetups or get on a podcast mm -hmm. or just go to a job and work there and like meet the boss and his family. Just the more people, you know, the more opportunities that will present themselves in life. That's so, that's so true. Uh, I mean, hell, the fact that he took the initiative to call the internship program was the only reason that we found each other. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but he took that initiative to network, to make that attempt. I love that. All right. So I know, I know, I know there's a ton of you that are just getting started in the military, just getting started, ready to transition out and they want to know a little bit more about your story, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Daniel Doty one That's the number one because I am number one. <laughs> um, I'm on Facebook too, Daniel Doty. Those are pretty much my two primary points of contact on social media. So hit me up there, shoot me a message, I'll reply. Um, I'll give you a follow back. Perfect. Link perfect. up. Yeah, link up and talk, talk business. But um, all right, excellent. So obviously we're gonna have all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, but again, man, thank you so much for coming on, yeah, sharing your insight. Absolutely, man. And as always, guys, this is this is kind of a new thing, right? This is the first one in person. So um, we're hoping to do a lot more of these, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, if you guys uh, got any content or any value from this content, obviously we want you to give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, subscribe, share this bad boy, leave us a five star review. I know that's ten, but leave us a five star <laughs> review. Um, and if you guys uh, want to leave any comments under the video for, for, for Dan, man, go ahead and do it. Uh, either ourselves will pass it on to him or he'll respond personally from there. And then obviously reach out to him via those social medias and make those connections as well. But until next time, guys, this is Mike Glassby signing off.